the inbox is the funnel. So everything that is in every other component of the job funnels into the inbox. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, welcome back, unicorns. I'm your host, Emily Reagan. So glad to have you here. We've been doing a series of different freelancers in the last month. And as we close the doors to the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School, I wanted to bring a couple of my work group members over to show you where they've progressed, how they've taken marketing skills, and really honed in on their businesses. My next two guests, both this episode and next episode, have positioned themselves after developing skills to run agencies. And I know for some of us, that is a good way to start scaling, to pull out of the work that no longer lights us up and offload some of the tasks to somebody else. And it's a great place for mentorship. And I'm highlighting these two because they both have all-star reputations. They are an example of the taste of the workgroup members you will find. And luckily for the 24 brand new unicorns who signed up with us for this cycle, they will be joining us in the work group after our live cohort wraps up. And so we'll get to continue mentorship and learning from other freelancers. And here's the thing, it's not one size fits all. My business, what's worked for me, isn't the same as everyone else. And I mean, that's the whole essence of a unicorn. We get to build thriving businesses based on our passions, our talents, what we want to do. And if you're building a business doing something you don't love in the drudgery zone, you're going to hate it. And then your quality of work is going to suffer. Your reputation is going to suffer. And it's just not going to be good. I want a business that is sustainable for you and profitable. Okay, before we jump in, I just want to tell you that our work group is opening again for the last time in 2023. You can click on the link in the show notes and apply. We'll be accepting applications and doing an open enrollment in November. So get those in now so you can be prepared, so you can take on the client work. I actually have a couple cool things happening right now where I'm syncing up with business owners to offer work. And so if you are doing email marketing, if you are doing social media, if you're building funnels, if you're helping with launches, if you're helping manage your clients' businesses, if you're doing affiliate programs, we would love to have you. It's going to be a very quiet enrollment, so make sure you're on my email list and make sure you apply. Okay, let's get into our guest today. I have one of my most magical unicorns, Jason Nunez, from my first cycle, cycle one of the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. Jason is a very passionate entrepreneur who has a military background. He has had key roles at the White House, at the State Department, and the Department of Labor, and been through a 20-year military journey. He's faced a lot of challenges, and we'll talk about that straight up. I just ask him some hard questions and he tells us what happens, but like he is such a sense of joy. I love having him in my community. He is a vibrant force. He embraces his authentic self and he has started a business called Go Digital Hero. So he provides administrative support, inbox management, calendar management, and social media. And he has a team of five people working with him. And he's going to talk a lot about owning the role. He's going to talk about why the inbox is really the top of the funnel. And he's going to talk about giving back. But really, we're going to lean heavy into aligning with clients, communicating your values and repelling those clients who are just not for you. I'm going to read this outside of the professional world. Jason embraces life's adventures along with his husband, Jacob, and they explore diverse cultures, indulge in global cuisine, sign me up, and he has love for his fur babies, Atlas and Aspen. He calls them his chief barking officer. You will hear them in this clip, and he is just an amazing, amazing energy source here. So let's jump into Jason's story, becoming a hero to yourself, starting your own business, working for yourself, and I hope you find inspiration out of this nuggets, including a few technical nuggets he talks about when it comes to managing your inbox, those all distro rules, replying. It's so good. Okay. I'll see you on the flip side. 
Hey, Jason, welcome to the show. I am so ecstatic that you and I are finally here together talking about how you started your business, how you left the military life to be an entrepreneur. So tell everyone hello, and let's jump into your story. Well, thank you, Emily, for having me. And as a fellow unicorn, I feel very much at home. I am a 20-year, third-generation Air Force veteran. So my grandfather, my dad, my brother, all in the Army. My dad said, you're kind of book smart, so go Air Force. So I'm the deviation. (laughs) But it all worked out, 20 years, retired, and I could not have asked for a better blessing in my life. It was through the military that I was able to land several opportunities in Washington, D.C. when I was at my final duty station. I was at the Pentagon in the chief of chaplain's office. And then once I was removed from the reserve orders that I was on, the activation, I started looking for government contracts and nonprofits and trying to get into the federal government. So I did that for a few years. It was from about 2012 to 2020. And, you know, it's true that once you get into D.C., you kind of get stuck. But I had an opportunity to get out. And my husband had an opportunity for professional growth down in Miami, Florida. So we moved. But then when I got there, I felt kind of like I couldn't find my my niche. You know, having been in D.C. and kind of been in that mentality for a while. Yeah, I figured I've, I have several years experience in the government sector, private, nonprofit, in uniform, out of uniform, bring all of that together. And seeing where there was a problem with the administrative work in each of those industries because of the different firewalls and the different natures of the job, I started Go Digital Hero. And one of the first things that I did as Go Digital Hero was I did seek out my National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce certification because having served under Don't Ask, Don't Tell for so long, I was never really able to be my true and authentic self. So the opportunity where I can say in one breath, I'm the founder and CEO of an LGBT-owned, veteran-owned, minority-owned company, I took it. And I'm so proud of it. And it's my breath that I that I breathe and I live and I exude. And just everything about me is that one sentence. Right after that, I realized that while I may know a lot of administrative work, the times have changed and I needed to expand that into digital marketing where I then took the course, the Unicorn Digital Marketing School. And then I joined the work group, which that alone is like an extension of my agency. It's an extension of my job. The work group is, is, is the backbone. I never feel alone. And if I have a question or if I want to share a joy or if I want to share a concern, I have resources within that work group that while my immediate Go Digital Hero team might be five heroes, I know that I have countless unicorn heroes in that work group. So that's kind of how Go Digital Hero came about and how how I prepared myself and my staff to be able to serve other clients so that they could experience that freedom that I once felt once I was able to say LGBT-owned, veteran-owned, minority-owned, all in one breath. Oh my gosh, I have so many things I want to piggyback off. But first, you are such an added asset to the work group because you've done what a lot of people hope to do once they start their business. Because you have an agency, you just said you have five digital heroes working with you inside your agency. And a lot of people are wondering, like, how do I scale? How do I take what I'm good at, lean into my niche, hire out what I'm not good at, you know, lean into my strong suit. And you're doing that. And so you're also such a resource. Not everybody wants an agency, but there's so much insight there that you provide to the work group. So thank you for bringing that to our group. And I think it's, it's such a blessing. And that's what's so beautiful when people are out with like different clients doing different things, different services. So I love that. And we have some people who are at that point where they're starting to subcontract and they're starting to dip their toes into the agency world. So you provide such a good resource for that. I want to backtrack into what you actually did in the Air Force, like skill wise. And I'm kind of chuckling at this because my husband was a 20-year veteran as well. And I can always remember being like, the EO did what? <laughs> the aide de camp did what? Like, are they not organized? Like, from the stories I hear, it's always like, this conference is coming up quick. Turn in your talking points. And I'm just always flabbergasted at how last minute it seems. 
And I'm really saying this because I think administrative support can sometimes be undervalued, but it's so freaking critical to the operations. And I think the hard thing is in the Air Force, like people are churning out really fast, right? So I love that you brought this talent, this service you had and moved it into an online business. But tell me just so if anyone's listening and they're like, well, what did he actually do? And could I do this too? Is really what the connection point. Yeah. So in the, in the military, I was a 5RO, a chaplain assistant. So go to your local church, synagogue, whoever that administrative person is that's picking up the phone and telling you what time the services are. That's pretty much what I started out at 20 years ago. So it was very administrative, creating bulletins. So terminology today would have been digital marketing, brochures, pamphlets. In the Back in the day, it was called bulletins. Little did I know that I was getting a head start 20 years ago. Yes. Digital marketing and layouts. I wish we had Canva back then. But Me too. So it was administrative in nature. And then from there, as my role and my rank grew, the responsibilities grew into scheduling, scheduling for my senior enlisted leader, scheduling for my wing chaplain, who was an officer. And then as I kept going up all the way through 20 years over at the Pentagon, I was coordinating schedules and deployments for folks globally. Wow. So it was really a lot of project management, tedious administrative work, and it was very much attention to detail with mm-hmm. everything that we did and everything that I did throughout my year. And that was a constant throughout. So I took those skills. And while it might sound very intimidating, I scheduled personnel globally. What that means is I picked the name, I checked the last time they deployed, and then I scheduled them for another deployment. That's it. <laughs> I did not launch nukes and I did not do brain surgery. Yeah. Equally as important, the religious rights of our American troops, wherever they're at, to practice or not practice. But I took those skills and realizing that it's not earth shattering the administrative and digital marketing world as long as you have a passion, as long as you have a pulse, and as long as you have attention to detail. Everything else could be learned. Softwares will come out, skills will be learned. Tools will be brought forward and you have to learn more. I'm still learning to today because there's so much stuff going on. But as long as you have a pulse, a passion, and attention to detail, digital marketing is where it's at. Yeah. And that's interesting because that's so crucial. And I kind of gave an insight to what I saw through like my husband's work with like last minute stuff that just shouldn't be happening like that. But it does take the right person and not everyone is carved out for it. And you know, now that we're in this online business space, I mean, I just got an email today about a VA who didn't follow through, who didn't do what she said, who said she could handle a launch and then the launch fell apart. And it's like, we can't undervalue those skills either because not anyone can do it. You can't always just hand it over to someone who doesn't have an idea of like how it functions inside the business in like total. And so what I'm trying to say here, other than these skills matter. A hundred percent. The skills matter. And it's also a trust factor. Like you said, follow through attention to detail. Like unless you are literally not launching nukes or doing brain surgery, there's very much that what you do, if you fail, you can't fix. And in famous words, everything is figure outable. So we can definitely figure things out. One of the things that I, well, I, that I teach my folks that my staff is do your best and everything else will fall in place. And it's very cliche, of course, you always say do your best because you want to do your best. Yeah. But realistically, I try to remove that pressure that my team has because it's new to them and it's tedious and they overthink it. The digital marketing and administrative work is not really something that you know we should overthink. And the values and the skill set that you learn over 20 years in the military, for example, with me, You know, I leverage that to remove any barriers with potential clients. So, for example, the email that you received about the VA that didn't follow through, let's say that person was the client was a veteran. I can swoop in and be their hero because I already have that barrier removed that we're both military. And it's that relatability that Go Digital Hero brings 
which is why we kind of streamlined to our niche clients of LGBT community, veteran and minority communities, because we represent what our clients are. And half of the battle is finding someone you can trust yeah. with the right skill set and yeah. the follow through. Yes. Oh my gosh. I actually did a Instagram live or story yesterday about ageism and somebody who was in the thing that we were doing together live was really concerned about being judged based on her age. And this goes for all of us and for your community too. And I was like, those aren't the clients for you. Bottom line, like knock them out with your own messaging and be very clear about who you serve. And then you stand out and that's exactly what you've done. And then you don't have to worry about those who aren't for you, who don't support your rights, you know? Yeah. Not everyone is for everybody. Mm -mm. And, you know, you're not the only one in the entire world. Yeah. While you would love to have all of that business, think twice about really wanting that because just the overwhelmness and everything that's going to come with it. Focus on a niche. Yeah. If you wake up in the morning worried about what you still have to do, that's the wrong client. Yes. If you wake up knowing I can sit down and let me go ahead and get their flights for next week's summit, schedule the hotel for next month's international trip, like, those are the clients you want. You want to be able to sip your coffee and not have to throw it up right, you know, yeah, as soon like, as you walk it. And that's one of the beauties of starting as a freelancer and then having the work group as your backbone. Because if you think you're the first one to do it, check the work group. Everybody yeah. has done it in some way, form, or fashion. And it's amazing because I know that when I was starting out, I was leveraging that work group. Like if I, I was sitting around the table and they were all right there because there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of uncertainties and someone's already done it. So why duplicate it? And then mm -hmm. if you could also get the support along the way in doing it, it's just a matter of wanting to do it and own it. If you approach it in a way that it's like, oh, I'm so scared that I'm going to fail or screw up or anything like that, it's going to be that much harder for you to get started. But just know as long as nobody's getting hurt, go ahead and start. And no, I mean, things like specifically, and I know I keep mentioning it, but things like the work groups, they help you along the way. Like, mm -hmm. it's okay. There are tons of people in that work group that you can just send out a message and one, two, five, 50 might respond. But guess what? Those are different perspectives from different ways of life. While the work group has tons of people from across the country that come from different backgrounds, the goal is the same, to amplify and leverage each other so that we can form a coalition with collaboration instead of competition. Like there's no competition in the work group. We are all doing our own thing, all headed in the same direction. So it's definitely intimidating to get started and keep going. But when you have a backbone and you have a resource group, it definitely makes it much easier. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that plug. Okay. I have a question. Um, and I know we've all experienced this, but have you ever had a client not want to work with you or a prospect not want to work with you when they realized you were gay? So I did have a client not want to work with me because I was gay, but because I was gay and I didn't want to do things like their OnlyFans or get them on a dating site. So they took the gay to the extreme. Okay. And it immediately stopped a week into having this client that they started sending me some, some photos that were questionable. That oh my and they're like, can you create my profile? And I immediately got on the phone with them and I'm like, Hey, I appreciate that you trust us to do this. And then you trusted me with those photos. However, it's a tad inappropriate for me to do that for you. So cutting ties. And he gave the argument. What do you mean? You're gay. We're both in the same community. Why can't you do this work? I was like, because there comes a time and a place and lanes that setting up your dating sites is just not what we do. Yeah. There might be other folks who want to do that for you, but it's not what we do. I did, however, have someone not want to work with me because I was Hispanic. No. Yeah. So they saw Jason and they saw a veteran. Immediately thought, wow, this is going to be a good one. Like, yes, organization, <laughs> trust. He knows how to deliver. We got on the call. You can literally see their face like, like looking for somebody else. And I'm like, so um, are we ready to get started? And they asked, is anybody else joining us? No. Oh. I was like, 
no. They're like, oh, okay. And then from that point on, like, even as I was giving my pitch, I can see that they kind of weren't interested and they weren't having it. Mm-hmm. So about halfway through my normal, typical pitch, I cut it short. They don't know that. I was like, well, is there any questions I could answer for you? Anything specific that, you know, you, you need to know before we proceed? And they're like, oh, well, we have a few other interviews and um, we'll get back to you. Okay, great. Thanks. So then immediately after the the call, I followed up with an email. Maybe eight minutes, I think it was like eight minutes later, they replied back with, we've decided to go with another company. And I was like, does it match? (laughs) You literally just got off the phone with me and you already have another company. So at that point, I knew it was something, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Come to find out, they hired, again, being connected, they hired another military person that I was stationed with in Germany at one time. That's white. And then I reached out because I saw that they had the same logo when they updated their LinkedIn profile. And I was like, it's interesting because I interviewed for them too. How are they? And he told me that they were pretty much racist and because he had seen my notes and they wrote Puerto Rican next to it. <gasps> so I was like, why would you do it? Like, at that point, I was like, oh, okay, they're racist. Like, that's what they're yeah. doing. But yeah, so gay to the extreme and then Hispanic. To the extreme. Thank you for sharing that story. And I think that anyone listening can realize what we just said. We're not going to be for everyone. We are going to get rejected. What happened to you is bullshit, but also you never want to work with that person anyway. So like, let's get it out on the table. So that brings up a good point. And someone was asking this kind of yesterday, but like, how do we communicate our values and show this and be bold so we can not even waste our time getting on a call with somebody like that? Because that's that's not what we want to do with our life. Get on discovery calls with people who are going to judge and discriminate and be racist. Yeah. One of the things that I, I like to share is, you know, if folks are reaching out to you for discovery calls, it's because they've done research. Nobody's yep. going to randomly pick it and say, oh, I want to call that one. They're literally going to open your page, go to your social, go to your LinkedIn and really kind of say physically, aesthetically, do I want to be associated with them? So for me, I make sure I put LGBT, veteran, minority owned on all my socials. Make sure that those flags are very prominent on my website, the American flag, the Puerto Rican flag, yeah. the, the LGBT flag. It, it comes to a point where if you're scheduling a discovery call with me, you've already seen and know that we're US-based, LGBT owned, veteran owned, minority owned. So I go into it under the assumption, I know, shouldn't assume under the assumption that they know. Okay. However, when they do start talking about their community, if at any point they're alienating or saying something that elevates one community over the other, like I don't want to be a part of that. So then for my proposal, I typically, or for the follow-up email, which includes the proposal sometimes, in that case, like I've had to do it twice already. And I'm like, well, after consideration with the team, we're unable to move forward. Here's some recommendations for some other VA services within your realm, because I think we'll get into it, but it comes down to the price because they don't think a Hispanic should own this much or an LGBT person should, should earn this much. They're like, oh, well, I can get what sounds like the same services from you for $5 an hour. Then I welcome you to go do that. Like, yeah, I, not for everybody. I offer a level of support that is worth what I charge per hour per month on my retainers. And if you want to go to another route that might be cheaper, then do it. But just know you will literally get what you pay for. Yeah, this, I'm asking you all the hard questions. This is fun. But so this brings up a whole other conversation about overseas VAs. We have a lot of VAs in the Philippines. I do not see us in competition And I've had some meaningful discussions with some Filipino VAs about that. And I really make it more about the business owner. So I just want to put that out there, right? I want to put that out there. This is not US versus overseas VAs like pinning each other. But how can we position ourselves when we do have services that can be like $30, $40, $50 cheaper overseas? Like sometimes they're charging two, three, five dollars an hour. And so how do you position it 
because you do offer a lot of administrative services that like I'm the premium and you, you do get what you pay for. Yeah. The first thing I do is one flaunt my military experience, us military experience. Yes. Play that card. (laughs) There's, there's that assumption or that foreknowledge that if they're in the military, they've learned how to speak, learned how to walk, learned how to fold shirts, clean toothpaste, attention to detail. And I think what we're going into this digital marketing is folks are not seeing humans anymore. Like they're reading, they're seeing images. So they want those images and those words to be proper English. Not that anyone overseas does not know proper English. Mm-hmm. However, the anxiety and the trust factor of yeah. that client with that relatability is kind of what I sell. So I pitch it and how much time would it be for you to send this overseas, get it back, and then you're still spending how much time on editing it because it doesn't speak the language, it's Mm -hmm. not in your tone, your pitch, or proper grammar for that matter. So that's kind of how I pitch it. There's a human element. Same thing with controversial AI. There's ChatGPT, and ChatGPT is amazing time saver. It's great. I use it at times. Me too. But it's not my one-all be-all. Like, I don't immediately copy and paste. Right. I make it Jason. I make it Go Digital Hero. I put it into my voice. So there are some tweaks that I have to make because ChatGPT doesn't know me yet. But <laughs> that's what I pitch. I pitch the relatability and just that trust factor of, speaking and writing with the U.S. based education and experience that comes with that. But again, absolutely no digs from my side either to to overseas VAs. And when I have clients that are like, hey, I, you know, I can get this $5, $7, $2 an hour. It's like, by all means, if that's what you need, then I encourage you to get it. Sometimes though, they still need and just like AI needs is management. Right? Right. So that's a good selling point too. And that is also something you bring to the table, this illusion that <laughs> not just dissing the military a little bit, that they've got it all figured out. But I mean, you that's what you were doing as you rode up the ranks. You're managing more and more. And that's something that a lot of business owners don't realize when they go overseas that they're just going to have to micromanage. And they're that's hard. That A lot of people don't have time. And a lot of people are barely keeping their head above water with the tasks that are due anyway. So I think maybe getting them to admit that they don't have time to do that and they want to trust someone to get it done in their time zone is a huge, a huge selling point. But sometimes, like you said, clients are going to go that way. Just like, you know, I've been discriminated against as a military spouse, as a woman, like this is going to happen, but those are not the people for me. They're just not. And mm-hmm. like, let them go. We're not going to convince them. If, I feel like if we have to convince them, like we are not coming from this desperate place. And I love that about you because you're very strong in your brand. You were sharing me the numbers in your business, like what you started with and how you've grown to a five-figure agency. Congratulations. And Thank that's you. not, that's a premium service. You want high-level inbox management that, that is the mother brain of your business that directs all the other operations. It starts right there. Hey, I'm going to stop right there and interrupt you. If you are listening to this podcast and you are thinking, yes, I want clients that will value me. I want to be involved in writing projects and marketing projects. If you are a marketing freelancer or marketing assistant, I'd love to have you in the work group. Our enrollment window is open right now for a short time. So get your applications in. This is a community where we have job leads, networking, advanced trainings, and the community and the support and referrals you need to hit your business goals. We'd love to have you use the link in the show notes to apply or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash workgroup. All right, back to the show. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, the services you offer? You've been talking about calendar management, scheduling, and then I just talked about inbox, but what else do you do? So I, I do, yes, inbox management, which kind of dovetails with calendar management. There is social media strategy. We're not graphic designers. I don't have a graphic designer on the team. However, I do have great resources, again, through the Facebook group that I can definitely reach out to and refer. So there's those those job connections too. The inbox management is really the main, our bread and butter. So there's freeing and attractive to folks who want to either make more money 
want to respond to their clients sooner, Mm -hmm. want to make it to soccer practice Thursday night or date night on Friday, where they're constantly saying, I read one email, I get three more, I delete two, they 10 more come in. And it's one of those where we come in and swoop in to be your hero and say, what if I can give you back two hours of your time so that you can make it to the dance recital in time? What if I can give you back four hours in a week so that you can get two more clients and double your ROI? And that's kind of where I hook them. Good. Because then you realize, ooh, more money, more growth, more family time, more self-care, whatever it is to them that's going to give them that freedom that they can't have right now. So inbox management, categorize inboxes, kind of really hone in on what their attention needs at their level. And if there's other things that are secondary or that can be forwarded to some of their staff, if they have staff, then we kind of work with them on, on managing their inbox so that they're just focused on a section. We do social media strategy. So we pull out this 52-week program and we basically integrate and pull back everything that they have on the public-facing side and create an evergreen for them. And it's not really specific to the month, to the year, to the day. It's just an evergreen presence to get them out there. And it draws that attention in, helps with the SEO, helps with, you know, brand management. So that's what we do. The graphics, depending on how many times they want to post per week, we connect with a graphic designer within the work group and say, hey, I need 18 images, 20 images. Sometimes it's just the poll that they want to put out to get followers and get connections. And then social media management and that we go into those comments and say, thank you for commenting. Join our next conference call. Those are the three main things that we do. Inbox, calendaring, and social media. One of the legs that we're expanding into because we found that across all of our clients, we're starting to do a lot of travel arrangements now that this COVID So we're actually in the process of getting our own IATA, which makes us a travel agent. So Go Digital Hero will also have a travel, a component travel leg. Be a travel agent with cruises, all-inclusive resorts, airlines, as well as hotels. Create these packages for our clients, these family packages, corporate outings, corporate event planning. and There, that's it. Retreats? Yes, to draft it all up. So that they can pay little by little instead of having that shocker price tag of like, yeah. oh, I have to pay 15000 right now. No, you have 12 months. Don't worry about it. Pay little by little. But then, you know, we get that profit. But by the time they pay it off and we've done their travel, we've also hooked them for like, hey, while we're doing this, let us work on this. So yeah. then comes the administrative hero. So then it kind of ties in where we do offer the travel separate. But we kind of hook them into administrative work as well. So we're excited. One of the other things that we're looking at down the road is course. Yeah. So be very careful on the course because there's lots of courses out there. <laughs> and I definitely, they're again, not the competition, just a different skill set. And I think my course is really just going to be on inbox management. It's going to be single source yes. and really, yeah, and really hone in on that because that is a skill that folks take for granted. I mean, not everybody loves to hit delete and organize inboxes and right. unsubscribe and yeah. it's just a time suck for so many people. Mm-hmm. But I think teaching folks the tools to be able to do it themselves or teaching other freelancers and digital heroes and unicorns who want to do the inbox management. I I'm, have a I'm so excited about this. This is such my Achilles heel in my personal life, my personal business, and my info box. And I want to talk about this for a minute. A, you're coming into the work group to do an inbox training. So thank you. We're going to like help you flesh it out there. But I know I really talk about digital marketing, right? A lot of my skills I teach are very much like funnel, SEO, metapixel, you know, messaging. 
But it starts with the inbox. And you and I were talking about this yesterday. And even the engagement you're doing on social and that evergreen social content, like that's your brand's first impression. So crucial. And how people respond in an inbox on my behalf scares the crap out of me because I don't want you to make somebody cry or piss someone off or turn my members and make them like not trust me or not get back to them quick enough. So when you talked about freeing up time, it's not just freeing up time. It's like making sure your customers have their answers quickly so they don't give up faith on you. And so this is such a such a big thing for me. And I've been trying to figure it out. And I can't even remember being in the air when I did a government uh, civil servant stuff in the Air Force. I was a PAO just being flooded constantly on my outlook and being like, this is a full-time job sorting through this. And I also used it as a distraction tool. What can keep (laughs) me away from my current job? And so I just know how important it is, how you respond, how you're efficient. And I want to actually ask you an inbox tip, but let me tell you what I did for this launch. We've been flagging people. We've been using it as a CRM, labeling people. We're using Gmail, by the way. Anyone listening to this is using AOL, please leave. Go to Gmail and set up an account. I don't care if you have your domain, but get out of AOL. I've had like two people, so I just have to say that. But I've been labeling people who are interested, who respond to an email, who are like, actually, I love this, you know, and I've been labeling them. So yesterday, very quickly for our live stream, I was able to be like, you know, hey, Stephanie, come join us live because I already had her labeled and I could quickly send out an email without having to build out this whole automation and all this involved two other team members and log into active campaign. And it started with an organized inbox. And that inbox is gold with people responding, giving me what we call the VOC, voice of customer. And that's all feeding into the marketing machine. So I know we have Jason here talking about inbox, but like it starts here. The inbox is the beginning of all my operations. Like this girl needs to cancel her payment. This girl needs a new password. This person is inquiring to speak, wants you on her podcast. Like it is so crucial. And I've had this epiphany this year that it is not a $15 an hour job. I cannot trust just anybody, especially someone who doesn't speak English, who doesn't understand my business in there. So off my soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The inbox is the funnel. It's the funnel, it's the face. It's you physically walking into someone's office, that first impression. How are they dressed? Is it punctual? You know, what's the tone? Do they have a mug on them? You know, everything that is just when you draft an email or anything that comes to the email, folks are going to see it in the lens as if they were looking at you in person. And one of the things that I have come to use and leverage when folks are like, oh, I don't need help with the inbox. I just need help with answering notifications and responses on social. Where do those notifications go? To your inbox. Oh, I just need help organizing my receipts and putting them into Concur and then getting the report. Great. Where do those receipts go? In your inbox. So it all ties back to the inbox. So a nice, clean, organized inbox makes for extreme time management and time savings. Oh my gosh, I love it. So can I pick your brain on the fly? Like what would be a good tip for the freelancer like me who's managing my inbox I've had some personal stuff creep in there because I've given up on my other personal inbox. But in terms of like organizing, I don't know, client inquiries or like not dropping the ball on things, like what's something that I could do to be better at my job or that will help me, you know, sign more clients? I think one of the things is really separating what emails are sent to you and what emails you're a part of a distro list. So there's rules and labels within Gmail as well as Outlook. But if you are an AOL, please get off. Gmail is the way to go. And you can automatically funnel those out, whether that's to a separate tab in your inbox or just labeling them. Because what I found is that your time really needs to be spent on those leads, on those clients, on those paying clients, on those former clients to get them back. And while over time... You sign up for Twilio and Canva and they want to sell you their latest stuff. You don't want that to be the weeds in your inbox and drown out the money makers. So within Google, you can go in, create a rule 
that anything that is sent to you specifically on the to line that is also a condition not in a mail list, tag it with read now or tag it with leads. That way, every time you see that label, you know you have to answer that. And the cool thing is, is that, sorry, Mac users, I'm not familiar with the Mac, but if you hit the window sign and the period or the greater than sign on your keyboard, it pops up emojis. And if you're an emoji creator like me, I love me some emojis, make the label with an emoji so that you, it draws your attention even more and it just doesn't yeah. get crowded. It goes up you to know? the top too, right? It goes up to the top because of the character, not the letter, but the image, the emoji. So that's a tip. And I think just doing that alone, you'll find savings in your time, savings in your attention, and hopefully a quick and rapid ROI. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. We should do a little techie tip reel on that. I would love that because I actually don't, have I mean, my team has the info box, but my personal one is a disaster. I say personal, but it's like personal business. So I got it down to zero. It's already back up to 2,500. And it causes such stress and anxiety. And this fear of like, what balls am I dropping? And in my business, I'm giving you good VOC, anyone who offers this service, but the balls I'm dropping, I can't afford to drop. People are reaching out to have me on their podcast. People are reaching out to connect me. And I just need to respond to Kat and be like, great, I'd love to, have, you know, like I, I want to foster those relationships, but like they're getting lost because of the stupid distros. And I don't want to leave the distros, but right. they need to like tuck over here. So that was gold. And everyone listening to this know that Jason A is coming in the work group to teach us more, especially mm -hmm. on behalf of our clients. And B, we'll have a course, just, you know, pay attention, go follow Jason so you can get your eyes on this because I've worked with different people in my inbox on my team and most people suck at it. <laughs> it's not rocket science, but most people aren't thinking in terms of operations and how does this feed into the business and what needs to be done next. Yeah, a tip for those freelancers who are currently doing inboxes that are struggling go into the sent files and read some of their emails, learn their tone, learn their emails, learn their verbiage, learn how they draft emails. Are they lengthy AI generated emails that are tweaked? Are they short one sentences? You yeah. want to be working in the company on behalf of them, mm -hmm. not as your own company for them. And yeah. that's where you build that trust with the clients to be able to manage the inbox where you'll start seeing that you're not getting flagged for different tones. And I had 20 years experience in the military trying to email on behalf of officers and senior enlisted leaders. And the military is very good about course correction. So I've learned a lot from how not to speak in email especially when you're emailing on behalf of somebody else. I did that. So. I didn't even know there was this whole language. And I'm like 24, working in the Air Force, in a public affairs office. I'm working with high-level people. I'm like printing their articles and commanders and squadron commanders who want the four-star general on the base to see what they're doing. And people in my own office were, I have a crazy story, Jason, but I didn't sign an email VR. And I didn't know what VR was. I didn't know, but it was like, oh, to me, it was like internal communication. It's Monday morning. You said you'd get this article. I shoot it out to this lieutenant who is a total B. And I'm like, where's the article? I got in so much trouble. So then passive aggressive Emily starts typing it out. I'm like, very respectfully, I'm not even going to put the B slash R. I'm going to type it out because mm -hmm. I'm like, but anyway, people read into your words like. I do. Text messages from my sister, I'll always read it the wrong way. <laughs> right? Oh. So maybe it's just me, but you know, you have to be so careful. And God, the military put me in my place. I'm so glad that I got asthma and could not <laughs> could not join. <laughs> 20 years experience and it's it's what I leverage for Go Digital Hero. I yeah. mean it truly is a barrier breaker. It's mm -hmm. a trust factor, it's a relatability factor, and it's actually, you know. It's one of the things going to the ageism part is, you know, some folks just want help. Some folks want U.S.-based help. 
Some folks want their community help. So you find your niche and you're not going to be for everyone and not everyone is going to be for everyone. So, you know, I had a client who thought I was too young to be an assistant. And I said, thank you. I'm not going to tell you my age, (laughs) it's my beard, but they were more of their work was with senior clientele. So they wanted somebody seasoned a hundred percent. Great. I wish I would have known the person that we were chatting with yesterday. I would have sent them over, but you know, it, it, it's real and you just need to stick to your own core values. But that language, that lingo is that attention to detail, do the extra work and go email stock them going through their sent by your client sent box and seeing kind of how they drafted. And then it Good. also helps you create somewhat templated forward answers because, Hey, if they said this in this email as a response to this question, I should probably keep this somewhere because I'm sure this question is going to come up again. Make your own notes own the role. Don't just think that you're doing it on behalf of somebody else. And I think that's a mindset again, that folks just, I think folks overthink it again, inbox emails, like you're not building a car. You're not building a house. You're not doing surgery. It's literally answering emails. But look, look, look. I put so much effort into building these funnels. I have a a gazillion funnels that are like, tell me where you're at, Cindy. And I have so many emails that are like, respond on a one through 10. Like, how's your confidence level? And it's, I didn't just build all these automations. So somebody responds and then they go into a black hole of nothingness. I want conversations started. So I hope everyone gets how it's linked. It's like so much more. So yeah, and again, it becomes a ball I'm dropping when I don't. I want them to get that human reply. And I cannot stand the, we got your response. We'll get back to you soon. That just like turns around and clogs my inbox again. Like I don't want that kind of response either. I want a human. Yeah, and that's another way, another tip. Make that another label. Anything that is replied to, create another rule. To where you know that this, when you're doing your A-B testing, this A testing was talking about going to Aspen and you wanted to know if they've ever been. And this one is going to Bucharest to see if they've ever been. Tag it A and B so you know how to respond. You know, just it's really about when you go to your inbox, don't try to do it all target. Target an area, target a color, target a label. But you have to have your inbox organized and cleaned out yeah. for that. And I had, I will tell you what happens when you don't with your freelancer tip. I had somebody I ran into after a big conference and we were having a coffee in the airport and she's like, oh, I did email you. And I was like, oh, crap. That moment of like, I hope I responded. Luckily, I did. And I have a lead tracking thing and I teach that in UDMA. But that moment of panic set in for me and I'm like, wow. That is a valuable sales activity that I cannot drop the ball on because I'm getting too many underwear sales from Victoria's Secret. <laughs> Fair. Yes. Agreed. Too many Bed Bath & Beyond ones. Yeah, because it's back. <laughs> okay. So tell me what the biggest perk, the biggest benefit of you starting owning your own agency, your own business. The one thing is I don't report to anybody other than my clients, but I don't report to everybody. You know, you set your business up. I set my business up where I've given them a response window to set expectations and boundaries. And if I want to wake up and have a cup of coffee out back, I can do that and then come to the desk. Or if I want to just take my laptop out back while I'm having coffee, I can do that too. It's really about your own mental health especially as you're doing virtual work, you can get consumed with staring at a screen. And then after work hours, you stare at another screen, the TV, or you're playing on the iPad. And you just get complacent to working with computers and graphics. Remember, you have family, you have friends, get a puppy, a guinea pig, a chinchilla, get something that will pull you away from the computer yeah. And do other things. And that's one of the things that starting my own business has helped me do. My beautiful chief marketing officer, right now, he's literally sitting on my desk staring at me. But it's those opportunities that poor thing, like my fur babies had to stay home by themselves 
all day when I used to go into the office. Now I have to walk them three times a day and cater to their very needy <laughs> and pet them often and watch them chase the mailman. But work-life balance reimagined. Having yeah. started the business, it is work-life balance reimagined. Amen. Amen. Jason, where's the best place to connect with you? So you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you connect with me following this show, you will get a free admin playbook template so that you can use for anything, whether that is giving your kids SOPs on how to mop and sweep the floor or clean their room. Or you can use it for one of your clients on how to strategically organize their inbox. So playbook template, all yours following the show. Awesome. We'll put the link to snatch that up. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for teaching in our work group, being a member of our work group and always bringing the unicorn vibes to all of our calls. I just love having you in our community and thank you for doing this podcast. I appreciate it, Emily. Thanks for having me. All right. I hope you loved it. If you did, if you want to shout out Jason and I on Instagram, we would love to hear from you. You can find Jason at Go Digital Hero, and you can go to his website to download his free admin template and be able to use that as a, a starting base in your business with the things that you're planning with your clients and for yourself. Don't forget to work on your own business. If you love this podcast, please hit subscribe. Tell a friend about these online possibilities. Jason is just one example of where to take services. It is so much more than inbox management, as he explains. And we can all carve out niches that are unique to us. And that's also why my community is not apples to apples. This is why we're not competitive. This is why we support each other. We all know clients who need Jason's help. So please send them his way if it's not your thing. I love to refer each other, help each other grow. And I hope that if this is you, you're the type who nerds out on marketing, wants to do better, have exceptional service, join us inside the Digital Marketers Workgroup. It's only $47 a month. You get job leads, advanced trainings, and networking with beautiful souls like Jason and our guest next week who you are going to love. Go ahead and hit five stars, leave a review, and I'll see you next week. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. Just fix my bra strap. I'm having like issues with the right person in charge. Uh, let me reword that. I'm like totally messing that up. <laughs> that we tie into and my chief marketing officer is extremely excited um, <laughs> to be here as well. It says TBD. <clears throat> um, a free administrator. Yeah, sorry, this is like all bloopers. Have bloopers. <laughs>